Hello friends, and welcome to another episode of Crunch Time with Caitlin. This episode, I will be previewing the Cleveland Browns Week 4 matchup against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. With a whole bunch of fans in Dallas. So yeah, I hope you stick around, and I hope you enjoy. The Cleveland Browns. The 2-1 Cleveland Browns who are over 500 for the first time since 2014, and I think have their first 2-1 start since 03, try to make it 3-1, which would be the first time since 2001. Jesus Christ, that is a very long time ago. Go do Dallas, who are 1-2. And, and I mean, in reality, they should be 0-3. Oh because, I mean... How Atlanta didn't win that game against them. To not... To not just jump on the ball. I mean, I get it. It's a weird onside kick where it just, like, spun for 10 yards. But Dallas can't pick it up. So why the hell didn't one of those players just jump on the football? Like, I was, I was very confused watching that. But anyway, the Cowboys are 1-2. and two. They just lost to the Seahawks in a shootout. Um, they're hosting the Cleveland Browns. I mean, my goodness, the, the NFC East is just awful. They're, they're still tied for first place with the, um, with the Washington football team because I think the Giants are 0-3 and the Eagles are 0-2-1. Because they tied against the Bengals last week. Um, but yeah. Anywho. Cleveland Browns. Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to start with the defense. For the Cleveland Browns against the Dallas offense. Um, we'll start with the rushing game. Zeke Elliott. Hasn't been. You know what. You know. He, he hasn't really been the focal point of this offense. Um, he has, I think, close to a little over 200 yards. He has three touchdowns. Um, but last week, I think he only had 38 rushing yards for, like, on, like, 14 attempts. Um, he had a touchdown. Uh, unfortunately, he was tackled behind the line of scrimmage for a safety because of a muffed kickoff uh, by Dallas. And, you know, the Browns' rush defense has been has been really, really good. Um, obviously up front, even with the injuries to Claiborne and, uh, um, Olivia Vernon, who, um, you know, Claiborne, it seems like he had, he hasn't practiced this week, but he should probably play, um, at least sparingly. Same thing with, uh, Vernon, uh, he's been limited, I think. So, uh, you know, I guess it's just another game time decision for Vernon when it comes to the injury front for the front four. Um obviously Miles Garrett. I mean, amazing. People are saying, Oh, where's Miles Garrett? Oh, it's like dudes always double or triple teamed. Like literally every play. He's had seventeen sacks in his last sixteen games. Already he's had, you know, two forced fumbles. He recovered a fumble. He has multiple sacks. Like like what more, you know? What what more can he do? You know, he's he's 
graded out as one of the better, one of the best um, pass rushers in the league. You know, it's just like he's not going to get a sack every single time. But the way that teams have to defend him, I mean, it's game changing. It really is. And then you match that with Ogunjobi, who's played really, really well. Sheldon Richardson has been, I mean, shit, he was the, the MVP last year, defensive MVP for the team last year. Um, he's been playing extremely well this week or this year early on. And, you know, even like the rookies, you know, you have, uh, you know, Jordan Elliott's apparently graded out pretty well. Um, I know he's not a rookie, but Porter Gustins has been playing really, really well. Um, just overall, like the Browns front four has been, again, really, they, they've kept the Browns in games. Um, they're the reason why, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the, the turnovers have happened. And, you know, what, what more can, what more can they do? Especially with a banged up linebacking core and a banged up secondary the first couple, handful of weeks. Um, they've played really great. And that's all you can ask for, for, you know, for four guys, four out of, you know, 11 guys on the field at a time. Um, to the linebacking core, though, Jacob Phillips has been practicing. I don't know if he'll play. Mac Wilson played a little bit last week, but, you know, hopefully he's he's ready to actually play play this week. Um, last week, the Browns forced five turnovers, two fumbles, three picks. A lot of them seem to be like rookie mistakes um, by or just young player mistakes by Dwayne Haskins. I don't want to say rookie because he's not a rookie, but you understand. Um but two of the three interceptions were from the linebacking court, B.J. Goodson and Malcolm Smith. Hopefully, they get more comfortable with each other just as a group, a linebacking group. Um, it seems like it's all hands on deck with maybe Phillips coming back. Um, same thing with Mac Wilson playing a little bit more. Because the Browns could still get killed by Zeke in the passing game and by, you know, Dallas's tight end, you know, because, I mean, this passing game for Dallas is, is really, really good. Dallas is averaging close to 400 passing yards a game. Um, Dak, only two interceptions, five touchdowns. Um, he also has three rushing touchdowns, too. He's a threat to run, so you kind of have to, you know, pay attention to that. But Amari Cooper, uh, C.D. Lamb, the rookie, Michael Gallup, and now, I think his name was Sid Wilson, um, last week going five catches for over 100 yards. Like, it's really pick your poison. And with Greedy Williams, we don't really know what's, is he going to play? Like, he was limited this week. In practice, is he going to be active? Is he going to play? Same thing with Denzel with the groin injury. You know, he didn't practice Wednesday. He practiced limited today. Um, is he going to play like sparingly, like kind of he did last week? Um, he was kind of they pulled him in the third quarter, uh, probably for precautionary reasons, which is smart. Um, but man, the like the Browns need to get healthy this week. You know, they need all hands on deck defensively because. It could be a long day if, if Tavier Thomas has to go up against Gallup or CeeDee Lamb or whoever. <laughs> My goodness. 
I mean, just just the even a banged up greedy and Denzel against, and then you know you add Terrence Mitchell, you add Kevin Johnson, like like though it could it's so drastic if you're if you got those guys on the field instead of you know like I said Tavier Thomas or um MJ Stewart or or rookie AJ Green like like man it could be a long game and hopefully I mean I say this every week and I think Browns fans you know are in agreement that hopefully Rodney Harrison gets on the field more than 23 because 23 has been he's been awful awful this year I think I think um I can't remember who in 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 a group message I have said uh on targets Sadejo is uh or targeting Sadejo teams are 8 for 11 with like a couple touchdowns like big yikes big yikes in the chat and I mean if you watch the game like he's running around the field like his head's on fire like and and dude's almost I mean he's literally almost taken out Denzel Ward three times this year trying to get a late hit somehow you know is if he knocks the ball free whatever but it's like dude you're gonna injure your own teammate someone who already is banged up and has you know, injury, um, I don't want to say injury prone, but it's, it's kind of looking that way, he's, it seems like he's always going to be banged up, regardless, um, just man, Sadejo, god awful, dude, god, god awful, and then you have Carl Joseph, who had the interception last week, um, fumbled it, switching hands, on a great return, it just, you know, I don't expect the Browns to. I, I maybe ex- hopefully they could force one turnover. I don't expect them to force five or even two turnovers this week. Um, even though the Dallas, the offensive line is, is a little shaky for Dallas. Um, I think they. I think I said. I think I saw a stat. They've given up like thirty-four pressures, in three games. Um, I think their right tackle has given up. A lot of pressures, uh, three flags already in in three games. It's you know it it's something that the Browns could uh, could take advantage of, but it's really pick your poison against this this passing game because, like I said, if the Browns aren't healthy in the secondary, it could be a long long game for for this Browns team. Um, transitioning to the Browns offense against the Dallas defense. Up front, the Dallas defense is really good, and they and the pressure they can get to the quarterback, or the pressure that they can, yeah, get to the quarterback, um, with Alden Smith, who, I mean, comeback player, reinstated in the league, and through three weeks he has four sacks. Um, Demarcus Lawrence is an All Pro pass rusher. Everett Gold, Ever Everson Griffin, really really good pass rusher too. Um, but that being said, when they're not getting to the quarterback, they're giving up a ton of yards. The Cowboys secondary and just Cowboys defense in general has given up a ton of passing yards, 
and this and this is gonna be an interesting game plan for the Browns, because you'd think, yeah, let's keep on running Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt, and Cream Hunt has been he hasn't uh, practiced this week because of a groin injury. Um, I don't know if that's. I don't know if he'll play Sunday. I don't think anybody knows. Um, they did kick up uh, Hilliard from the practice squad uh, because JoJo Natson tore his knee and unfortunately is on the IR for the rest of the year. Um, but I think when people saw that, they're like, oh, he's going to you know kick do kick returns, whatever, which I think he could. But I also think that you know, if Cream Hunt's banged up and doesn't go, you know, you're not going to run Nick Chubb out there for 90% of the plays. Um, and, you know, Hilliard becomes your, like, third down back, I think, if he if he plays and if he's active, um, kind of like he was last year. Whether that's a good or bad thing, you know, time will tell. But hopefully Kareem Hunt can play, even if it's sparingly uh, on Sunday, um, just in general. But it, it'll be interesting because, like I said, the the game plan should be, I mean, what are the Browns' strengths? The Browns' strengths are running the ball. It's just that simple. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, boom. But you got to take advantage of a terrible secondary. And this is more of a, you know, kind of like a prove-it game for Baker that he can take over a game if need be, that he could go back there, throw the ball 30, 35 times, take care of the football, number one, whether it's interceptions, whether it's, you know, fumbling the ball, just making smart decisions, um, you know, not taking stupid sacks like, like he has, like don't roll out for any reason, like stay in the pocket and rip it. And use the weapons like Jarvis Landry and Odell and Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant. You know, it's, it really is that simple. Um, also, you know, Cadell Hodge has played really well. Um, you know, people are always wondering, why why was Higgins inactive? And it's like, well, number one, the Browns only use really three receivers regardless, num- number one. Um Really, Natson was always the uh, the kick return, punt return guy. And last week they did use him on jet sweeps and, and stuff like that a few times. But Hodges is a really good blocker, and Nick Chubb said it this week. You know, he's been he said he's one of the best blockers he's been around. And you know, I thought I think that holds a lot of weight to this team. You know, if you're going to be a run heavy offense, you need willing wide receivers who will block. You have it in Hodge, you have it in Odell, you obviously have it in Jarvis Landry. Um, And same thing with Austin Hooper. Like, you know, he gets paid a ton of money to come in here and you would think catch a ton of passes. But in reality, he's been an excellent lead blocker a lot of the times. And um, and when he does, when they do throw him the ball, he's clutch and he makes plays. Like, like what more can you ask for from a, from a tight end, really? Um... Same thing with Harrison Bryant as a rookie. You know, he caught his first touchdown pass last week uh, down by the goal line. You know, he was lined up on the outside, and you know, trying to get a one-on-one matchup, kind of a scramble drill 
uh, Baker has to roll out, and uh, he finds he finds Harrison Bryant for a uh, a touchdown. And uh, you know it's, it's only catch of the day, but it's just like it's those little things. You know, you you black for Nick Chubb, you you open up holes, and then you get rewarded by, you know, uh, a touchdown. You know, on on inside the five yard line. Same thing with like Odell. You know, you 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 block and all, do all the dirty work. It opens up a deep bomb to him against the Bengals. You know, even last week, his all all of his four catches were for first downs. You can't you can't discredit that, and I think it'll just be interesting. Because we know how good the Browns, we we know how good they are running the ball. But can they take advantage of a very terrible secondary in Dallas? Can they, can Baker throw for close to 300 yards and three touchdowns and take care, and, and while he's doing that, take care of the ball? And can passing the ball, you know, not be an actual part of the offense and not be um not like a reason to get back into the game. And I think early on I mean early on they got to run the ball because you know even if you're down you know 7 or 10 points which easily could happen. You know you got to stick with with your running game. But hopefully it doesn't come to a point where the Browns are down, you know, 17 nothing, And people are bitching, oh, why is Baker in shotgun so much? It's like, well, you know, you're down 17. Like, you got to throw the ball to come back in the game. You know, fucking Grossy was like, oh, you know, Baker's only throwing the ball less than 10 times in the second half of the, uh, in the, um, of the games, in both of the wins. And then Stefanski's like, well, when you're winning in the fourth quarter, you know, you you want to run the ball to keep the clock moving. And if you're having success running the ball, it, that helps too. So it's just like, it'll be a really fun game in Dallas for the Browns. Because it's, it's, a, it's a prove-it game. You know, on paper, Dallas, I mean, they're better. But does that mean the Browns can't win? No, the the Browns absolutely can win. If if they could force a turnover or two, if they can take care of the ball, if it's if it's a close game, I I'd expect the Browns to win. Just because of the fact of if it's a close game, you're still able to run the ball. You're still able to run it to set up, you know, play actions to to then really take advantage of of a shitty defense that has to bring people in the box. Where you you'll have one on one chances for Jarvis and Odell and and Austin Hooper and and Harrison Bryant, and you know if if Kareem Hunt can go, you know you you set up maybe screen passes to Kareem Hunt with a very aggressive defensive line in you know Smith and and Demarcus Lawrence and and all those guys and and their linebacking core is really good too. You know they obviously um I can't think of his name Landerish. He's he's hurt for the year. Um, but they have Jalen Smith from Notre Dame, who's, I mean, you want to talk about a, a remarkable comeback story. You know, he tears his knee in the game against Ohio State. I mean, that guy's a, a top five pick. He ends up dropping, I think, to the, you know, early second round. And, um, 
you know, his was able to get healthy in the NFL. And now I think he just signed a, a really big payday. And, you know, good for him. Like, what a what a great story. Like, like you love those stories. Um, you also have to take into consideration that Mike McCarthy is a very weird coach, too. You know, early on, he tried to... I mean, he basically sold the game against Atlanta, and then Atlanta sold it right back to them. I mean, trying to think they did a fake punt or something. You know, it was just like... And you could say the same thing for Stefanski going, I mean, second drive of his uh, of his NFL head coaching career, and he goes for it on fourth down with a fake punt. But, um, you know, Mike McCarthy's very, very weird. Like, yeah, the teams will put up yardage, but, like, collectively are they all on the same page like I just I just don't know and I think that's that's something that will be it'll be interesting looking forward you know going forward to uh to see how that hire works out for Dallas or if it doesn't um because I know a couple Green Bay fans who they're not huge fans of Mike McCarthy and uh you know you want to talk about like quote-unquote football guy like Mike McCarthy like (laughs) so I think it was I can't remember who it was was it was a big cat said something to the effect of had a tweet saying um Mike McCarthy faked everybody saying he's more numbers driven because he signed up for pro football focus or something I mean it's just something like weird like that but it's it'll just I, I don't know what to expect from this game I'm cautiously optimistic. In my head, do I think the Browns are going to win? Probably not. But I think it'll be a close game. Um, th- I mean, even the spread says it. Four and a half on the road. You know, if if this game was in Cleveland, is it a different story? Maybe. Um, you know, could Baker have a little bit more juice playing in a, like a homecoming game versus, you know, you know, back in Texas, same thing with Miles Garrett. You know, Odell has had great career games against Dallas. Um, there's a lot of, like, those little factors that can, that I think, I mean, you never know. I mean, you never, never know. I just, I hate to be on the edge. I guess I'll pick the, I guess I'll pick the Browns to lose, I guess. Like, 34, 31, maybe, maybe, 37, 31, I I see it within one score, because I think it's going to be an extremely high scoring game, because both these secondaries are, are a bit yikes, but you know, if, if, again, for this game, if Baker just plays well, you know, it's, if Baker just plays well, takes care of the football, if they throw it more than 35 times and, you know, he's, he looks comfortable in the pocket. It sounds stupid, like, like we have to baby him, but we almost kind of do. We have to have realistic expectations for him. You know, early on in this year, you know, his, his what, fourth different head coach, his third different offense, you know, starting the season, um, a whole new system. You know, I mean, ideally, we'd all hope for a game 
like the last two games where Baker only has to throw the ball 28 times because if that happens, well, the Browns are obviously winning and they're running the ball with a lot of success. But I think this will be a really, really good challenge for this team. They might not win, but as long as they look competitive and they play competitive, like, that's all you can ask for. And at 2-2 two and two to, start this year, to start the year, you know, against a Dallas team that, I mean, off- defensively, I mean, offensively has performed really, really well, really, really well. Um, but defensively hasn't. And then against a Ravens team who, I mean, I don't know if that's just a hiccup against the Chiefs or if they're just their kryptonite or something. I don't know. Um, but obviously Baltimore is a high caliber team in the NFL. You know, even if you're 2-2, two and two, you look at the next stretch of games. You have, um, wow, I just drawn blank. The Colts, which is a beatable game or a winnable game. You have at Pittsburgh, who, I mean, you always have a tough time playing in Pittsburgh regardless. Um, but their offense hasn't been that great. And it seems like they're gonna be they're gonna have an early bye this week because of a COVID test, a positive COVID test from the Titans. So their game's postponed, so it kinda screws up their schedule a little bit. So um you know, they have an early bye, so you know, you never know what happens next week with them. Then you have um I think you then you play Cincinnati and then you play um Oakland. So you like realistically, the Browns you know, you got to look at these games in little four-game blocks. And at 2-2, two and two, you're still right there. There's no need to panic. You played two really, really talented teams. You beat the two teams that you were supposed to. That's the key. you got to win the games that you're supposed to. Now, do expectations change a little bit because Dallas is 1-2? and two? Maybe. Maybe. But even if they were 0-3 and, and they you know, Atlanta just recovers that fumble. They're still an uber talented team. It's just I I don't know what to expect from this from this game. Um I know I'm kinda of ranting, but it's like I, I really don't know. Like I said, I even even though I don't know, I I'll bitch out and pick Dallas to win, unfortunately. Um I picked them to lose the Browns to lose this game. So it is what it is. Um but hey, no need to panic if they're two and two, and if they're three and one, I'll be on here for the post game recap, and I will be singing the praise of Kevin Stefanski, because three and one, my God, who who would have expected that? Not me. I mean, realistically, not me. So um, yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode of Crunch Time with Caitlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Caitlin No C L E. That is Caitlin K A T E L I N Knows K N O W S C L E. Uh, make sure you like or, you know, rate the podcast. Make sure you're following all that fun stuff. Uh, I really, really appreciate all that, all the love. Um, if you could leave a review, that'd be cool too. And I will see you in the next episode.